Nicholas Borneus of CapitalLink, and I would like to welcome you to the third panel of our CapitalLink Singapore Maritime Forum, which we are hosting in partnership with Columbia Ship Management and uh, Singhai Marine Services. As I mentioned, our forum uh, is focusing on three elements, technology, finance, and the human element. And this is the third panel of, of the day, focusing exactly on the human element. Uh, it is focusing on shipping in the post-COVID era, and uh, it will discuss mental health issues, catering, benefits package, training, and more, uh, both for the crews uh, and the personnel onshore. Uh, this panel is being um, uh, moderated by Mark O'Neill, our partner in hosting this uh, forum, the, the whole forum this year. And um, uh, Mark is also the president uh, of uh, InterManager, uh, besides being the president of Columbia Ship Management. And I would like to thank him for his health, uh, help and support. And uh, I will let him introduce uh, the panelists. I would like to thank you all for being with us and uh, for making this panel as well as the overall forum a great success. Thank you very much for being with us and Mark, the floor is yours. Thank you, thank you, Nicholas. And uh, thanks to the Singapore Maritime Forum and also to Capital Link for uh, hosting this event. Let's hope that this is the last time or one of the last times that we have to have a virtual event in this way. And I know that the Maritime Forum is in part people attended this 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 time around, which is a, a great move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as Nicholas said, my name is Mark O'Neill, CEO of uh, Columbia Ship Management and, and President of Intermanager. Uh, I have the the, the very great pleasure of moderating uh, this particular topic, which is entitled Shipping in the Post-COVID Era, Refocusing on the Human Element. And the human element is something that's so close to uh, my heart, uh, always has been. So I think this will be a really good dynamic uh, debate if I know my guests well. Before I introduce you to my guests, I just want to have a few words of uh, introduction. I think it it's true for all of us that uh, this pandemic has given us all the opportunity to think about what is really important to us, both in our business lives and in our personal lives. And I think to a person, uh, what we've all found is that what really gets us out of bed in the morning is people. And I think from a business perspective, people have moved from being perhaps regarded as an expense on the profit and loss account to very much an asset on the balance sheet. And that's exactly how it should be. And this refocusing of priorities, refocusing on people is perhaps the uh, biggest change that has come about as a result of COVID. It's the resilience of our people and of people generally that has got us through this pandemic so far and continues to uh, get us through. What we have seen as well before the pandemic hit us, the talk certainly in the shipping sector was all about technology, technology and digitalization. And I think again, what we've seen through this pandemic is a rebalancing of the debate between people versus digitalization. 
and technology and technology and digitalization not or no longer being seen as uh, the end game, but really a means to an end, a means to optimizing, a means to enhancing people's performance, not replacing that performance. I think it's not only businesses regard for their people that is changed, but also the people's expectations from the employer. There's a much greater foc focus, both ashore and on board our vessels, on the work-life balance. There's a much greater focus on the advantages and disadvantages of working from home, harnessing the technology that's now available to us. There's a much greater focus on technical support on issues such as dress code, uh, etiquette in these sort of video conference facilities. There's a much greater focus on benefit packages of our employees, not just ashore, but also uh, on board our vessels. And we're going to be talking about that uh, in a minute. There's a much greater focus on health uh, in a holistic sense, also mental health of our employees, employees in the widest possible sense, ashore and on board. And of course, last but by no means least, uh, there's a much greater focus on the importance of training, the continued importance of lifelong learning. And we have Nigel Cleave of OneLearn to talk about that. So I think there has been a paradigm shift in the employer-employee relationship and the balance of power has certainly shifted in that relationship to a much more even playing field. Organizations that recognize this importance of people and this shift in the power will, of course, benefit. They'll benefit from greater employee identification, communication, engagement of the employees in the business, and dare I say it, ownership in that business. And a lot of us, a lot of the companies in the shipping sector were probably well on the way to recognizing this shift before the COVID pandemic hit us, but they're certainly seeing it in its stark reality now. Those companies that do not act, do not recognize the importance of the human element, the human factor, the people, will undoubtedly suffer. Perhaps they will suffer more than those companies that don't recognize the importance of technology and digitalization, as the people will vote with their feet and or their performance and the performance of the companies that don't recognize will suffer. So, to conclude my opening remarks, I think that the human factor, the human element, is set to be a, if not the, most important factor in our personal and business lives going forward as we deal with the final stages of this COVID pandemic and what the world post-COVID and with a reduced COVID uh, looks like. Enough of waffle from uh, me uh, and to explain some of those issues that I've just touched upon uh, in a much better way than, than I have done. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce today's 
uh, panel. They come here like beasts to the slaughter, like gris to the, the mill, or perhaps like manna from heaven. You can decide uh, at, the end of, uh, at the end of what I'm sure will be a, stimula a stimulating debate. Their mandate, their instructions are to have a debate. And or, although I have prepared guidance questions for myself, uh, this is going to be a debate and I've encouraged all of them to chip in interrupt respectfully uh, interrupt and make this as dynamic as possible we've tried to touch real key areas uh, that have been referred to in my introduction the first of my guests is uh, Costas Ioannidis uh, CEO of Marsh in Cyprus and known very well to uh, many of us uh, in the shipping in the shipping business and and really um, a, a dynamic figure in the insurance broker market. We also have Christian Erst, who is CEO of Mental Health Support Solutions. Really, really important point, really important uh, aspect of all our lives uh, in the past, but also increasingly in the future, this mental health resilience of our employees. We also have Christian Yuanu, uh, who is the Managing Director of MCTC, um, catering management and consultancy uh, and who uh, is known to many of us operators in the shipping industry doing, for doing a fantastic job on board our vessels and celebrated as such by our crew. We have Nigel Cleave, a well-known figure in the ship management, also in the crew training uh, world, who today announces the launch of OneLearn Global, which is the latest offering to the shipping industry, to the offshore industry on uh, e-learning uh, and internet learning uh, products. And Nigel will talk more about OneLearn Global uh, shortly. And last but not least, um, my very own Captain Fauzi Fradi, uh, who is Group Director Crewing and Training within uh, Columbia Ship Management and, uh, you know, without blowing his trumpet, has been so revolutionary in changing the way in which we within Columbia Ship Management view the importance of, of training and bringing new products, always bringing new products and means of delivery to the fore for the benefit of our crew and clients. So a very esteemed panel, and hopefully we will have a, a very, good, um, very good debate. Now I'm gonna jump straight into my last but not least uh, a guest and hit him, below the, uh, hit him below the proverbial belt. Fauzi, um, we're looking at the whole issue of what our employees ashore and on board uh, need and experience. From your experience, you've been uh, to sea, you've been now uh, ashore for a, a good period of time. In what way do you think shipping companies, not just ship management companies, but shipping companies were getting it wrong in the past and where they need to focus on getting it right? Start with those on board the vessels, our crew, first of all, and then perhaps ashore. Hi, Mark. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi to uh, good afternoon, good morning. Uh, to uh, those listening to us. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this uh, panel. Uh, just to answer your question in brief, and of course we can elaborate on that, uh, Mark. From my experience at sea, uh, things have also changed a lot uh, from the mindset of the new generations which are coming on board our ships today and those in my age and those maybe older than, than me as well. So the, the needs of seafarers are also changing and uh, the perhaps shipping industry has been a bit 
uh, reactive, not proactive when it comes to the needs of seafarers. Uh, they were, we were not looking at seafarers like at least on small groups or individuals, but like just a group of people who we sometimes the shipping industry thought that they have the same needs. Uh, and basically these needs were extremely simple in the past, Mark. It was all about having a good contract, having a good salary, uh, having the chance to go ashore sometimes in, 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 uh, during ships calling ports, uh, and of course returning home at the end of the contract, not, not too, too long afterwards. Uh, so these were, these were what, how people were looking at it. But we both know that today and even before, uh, seafarers' needs were much more than that. And uh, this is, I think, what we are going to discuss today. I was um, horrified to hear sort of halfway through the pandem pandemic, as we were in the process of uh, ever closer identifying with our crew, that our crew, the report that came back, I think it was through mental health uh, support solutions, was that uh, at times in the past, crews felt invisible. They felt part of some invisible sector that just wasn't appreciated. We, there's 1.7 million crew out there in the world and, and, and nobody seemed to uh, understand their needs or relate or identify with them. Would you, do, do you agree with that? I think generally, yes, I do agree with that. Uh, of course, there are exceptions and uh, so some companies are doing better than others without uh, really saying who or why. Uh, th this debate will, will clarify a lot of things, but I agree with the finding of MHSS uh, that generally seafarers feel uh, less important than those working in the office. Uh, regardless of the, the position of these people working in the office. And seafarers feel that we do not acknowledge enough their sacrifices, their hard work. Uh, all, all of that, all, all of these feelings are, are fully familiar to me from my previous experience, of course, uh, at sea. So I fully agree with that. I was on a, I was on a panel uh, a few days ago and, and on that panel we had, uh, we had BIMCO, we had ICS and a few other of these associations such as, uh, such as our own intermanager. The issue, I raised the point that I don't think that the industry as a whole is doing enough uh, collaboration on the PR front to the general public. If I speak to my daughter and my son about uh, the life of a seafarer or ships trading, the importance that 90% of trade is carried uh, by vessels, they look at me blankly. There's no identification. Uh, any of the other panel, do, do, you, do you have any comments on that? Do you think there is a need now for um, the industry to come together as a whole and, and put out there a concerted, consolidated PR campaign so that the public better understands what shipping is all about. And then you just might get more buy-in to the importance of key worker uh, freedom of movement, uh, uh, vaccination for seafarers, etc. Costas? Or, or Nigel? Yeah, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think we've been off the radar. And um, I, I thought the other day this um, ever given perhaps should be called ever forgiven, because at least the world start to realise there are ships moving, moving produce around, moving goods around. And, and uh, it actually uh, generated quite a bit of interest, as we know. And, and uh, you're right, we, we have to up the ante with our PR and, and how good. No, the other one is no, no uh, shipping, no shopping, you know? So it's exactly so. And we have to move in this direction and, and uh, really promote the, the industry further and better. Yeah. 
this is even, um, uh, if you allow me to add, this is even within our own company. We have so many employees, obviously, that they may not be coming from the sea, but in background as well, the service provider. Now that we are all locked down at home, what we recommend to our employees is that, you know, we have a little bit of the feeling. Now we understand a little bit. Locked, in, locked down on a ship six months on a contract, which the job requires. It's really that they've been locked down because of the pandemic. Is Christian, uh, we're having difficulty hearing you. I think you need to get closer to your mic or um, um, headphones. Put some very trusty headphones, like myself. I can hear the background. No, we're not hearing you. I think you may want to log off and log back on. Let me. Sorry about that, uh, Christian. We'll see. We'll hear from you shortly. Let me go on to. Um, a topic which is close to my heart, uh, and that is mental health on board. Mental health has been commented on hugely over the last few months and, and dare I say years. I think it was started probably uh, in the UK with a commentary by some of the members of the royal family uh, who commented on mental health issues that they had had in the past over the death of Diana, Princess Diana, etc. And then this topic came to the fore. And we're seeing, of course, it come massively to the fore, fore in the context of how we all deal with this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic um, on board our vessels uh, and ashore. Christian Erst, your Managing Director, CEO of Mental Health Support Solutions. Is this a very real problem that we have in this industry with mental health, mental resilience, or is it a trendy to be talked about fad? Thanks, Mark. Um, look, I mean, mental health has always been here. It's always been offered and used by the people on shore and at sea. And what this pandemic has really brought you for uh, is the fact that people do suffer problems and that organisations have to find ways of meeting those, um, both proactively as well as preemptively. Is it a fad which is going to go away? Absolutely not. Every single industry around the world uh, recognises or is recognising the importance of mental health. And it's, it's absolutely right that shipping, you know, shouldn't be carried along on that wave, but should be a leader in recognizing it, taking steps, uh, and making it professional, making it tailored to what the shipping industry needs. And I thought, you know, the, the comments about, you know, do we need a concerted marketing approach, you know, towards shipping, they're almost mirrored in, in terms of mental health because there's a disparity or there's a, you know, there's a difference between companies which are proactive leaders in the mental health and psychology field and are really, you know, taking steps at all levels of the organization to create that structure, create that support and really, you know, optimize the most valuable commodity they have within their organization, the human beings. And those organizations which are ticking boxes are saying, you know, we don't have a problem, we're okay. And it's those organizations which are proactive and engaged professionals, you know, such as MHSS, such as other service providers to, to look at what they're doing now, what they want to do in the future and how they get there, which are really going to benefit. And this isn't just a, a six month, a 12 month solution, but this is long-term. And if we look at it as a long-term investment and we start to change our mindset towards this being not just putting money into a, into a program and never seeing it again, but realizing a return, the shipping industry and the people within it are going to benefit massively. So no, this is definitely here to stay. 
um, like it or not, and the companies which embrace that are going to prosper from it. Sorry, I had my, my mic on mute. You, you made a very startling proposition in, in, in one of your um, splash articles, which I, I, I always enjoy, uh, of the link between uh, mental health on board and the seaworthiness of a vessel. And that's coming from your background as a, 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 as a lawyer, no doubt. Is that a link that is credible and sustainable? And I'm going to be asking Costas this later on as well from an insurance perspective, but uh, uh, is, is that a credible link? Absolutely. So, so look, I think case law uh, judges, arbitrators throughout the age have recognised that the competence of a crew can be judged by their physical capability, their training and fitness for work, but also, you know, by their state of mind and by their mental uh, capability and capacity. And so absolutely, and it will just take one case, uh, you know, for a judge to confirm that or an arbitrator to confirm that. And suddenly mental health and seaworthiness are absolutely part and parcel. Now, what I think a lot of actors in the industry don't recognize is that link. And that, you know, there is a real, danger to a lot of people of not having that proactive um, mental health support in place which shows you're exercising due diligence to create a support structure for your for your employees at all levels um, to prevent incidents or if an incident does happen to show we had all the support structures in place what happened was unfortunate but there's nothing we could have done as an organization to stop it and so you know i guess a really good example is you know if cargo is miscarried or an incident happens um a lawyer for cargo interest will say well this happened because pumpman x um didn't have enough sleep or was suffering anxiety it couldn't it should have been present prevented or reduced by having a professional support structure in place where is it and of course the burden then is now on the owners and the managers to show that they have that system in place. And unless they can show they have that, they have the, you know, a 24 seven hotline with access to, you know, professional psychologist supports or a long-term um, training program designed to give people that idea and understanding about the importance of mental health, they're not going to be able to disprove that. On, on that on that point, yeah, I, I know your, your... Uh, differentiator is uh, 24-7 hotline with professional psychologists who understand shipping. Fauzi, ex-seaman, uh, professional psychologists who understand shipping versus um, uh, old sea dog who puts arm around shoulder and says, they're their son, uh, you, you'll get through it. What, what, are, what are the advantages and disadvantages? <laughs> it's, it, you'll always find someone who tell you, you'll get, you'll get through it because... Um, uh, one of the one of the most things uh, even now I tell I tell our cadets when they go on board is always try to have a friend on board at least one that that's always good to have but that cannot be always enough uh, you need to let's say we are not really very familiar about this mental health issues uh, psychology even if I studied a lot personally I, I still cannot say that I'm a psychologist so it's far from it and uh, there are a few tips which can help all of us to go through a difficult moment. And these tips might not be very difficult or not very time consuming, but because we don't know them, we will struggle for a long time, much longer than necessary. We might even, uh, you know, we might even take wrong decisions. We might even ask to leave the ship. Uh, and all these things uh, can be actually prevented uh, in advance 
by talking to professionals. And I, I think it's, it's very helpful for a seafarer and for all of us to have that access. It's, it's definitely important. Sorry, do you think we've got the, uh, the problem clearly in our sights or do you think this is the tip of the iceberg? Do you think the mental health problem, uh, you know, and we're focusing always on our colleagues on board, aren't we? But, but also we should not forget our colleagues ashore. Uh, is this a, an iceberg lurking beneath the, the waves or, or, or do you think we, we, we're fully understanding the extent? I, I think we, we, we are really addressing what, what has to be addressed at first place. Now, can we do more than that? Yes, of course. Uh, and uh, as you know, we, we have plans to do more than that. For, for example, uh, you know, I, I recently heard that in, in professional football teams, they have psychologists talking to the players before preparing the players before difficult match. So how much do we prepare our crew psychologically before they go to the ship? Uh, that's perhaps what where we need to do more, and this is where we are going. So we want our crew to be trained before they get on board. Yes, before, before our crew before our crew go to areas of piracy with high piracy incidents or uh, other political factors, we we give them the resilience, the mental resilience that they they we can't expect them to have uh, ordinarily. Good point. I thought about that. I, yeah, I exactly, exactly. Yes, go ahead, Chris. So I, I can say, look, I think um, mental health is something which we can't see and we can't touch and you can't run somebody through an x-ray scanner and find out what's wrong with them. So it's one of those areas where to do it properly, you know, it needs to be done by, you know, effectively trained detectives, you know, trained professionals who have years and years of experience and clinical expertise because only they can pick up the nuances and the clues. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction to make because when, it, when it's done properly and professionally, you know, you realise the benefits, you realise, you know, the ultimate outcome you want to achieve. Um, and I think that's a critical thing. And I think, you know, if nothing else, this pandemic has taught us that if you want to do things properly, you know, you need to engage professionals. If you do that, you're, you're going to benefit. Okay. Uh, from mental health, we jump um, from the from the head down to the uh, the, the stomach. And this is a, a question for Christian Yuanu. Uh, in the army, I was always told that a an army marches on its stomach and uh, the morale of uh, in any organization is very much dependent upon um, the, the quality of the, the food that, that goes into each and every one of us um, are we doing enough to as an industry to ensure that our seafarers are being well nourished and when i say well nourished by by nutritional, fresh, healthy produce. Yeah. Um, first of all, can you hear me better now? That's perfect. All right, brilliant. Um, um, first of all, thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody, for having me in the panel. Uh, very much appreciated. It's an honor. Uh, simply said, we have not been doing much, let's say, as an industry in the last years, Mark. And um, obviously, this saying is not... Is, true for the seafarers, but not just for the seafarers, it's true for everybody else. When I started MCTC in 2012, I remember very well when I was visiting ships around the world, I was discussing with crew, with clients, with prospects, and I was telling them, you know, we need to change the nutrition on board. We see the storage 
places full of ready convenient foods. We see sugary items being consumed from the morning to the evening. And the responses what we were getting 10 years ago when we started were like, you know, this is shipping. You know, or it is expected in shipping for food not to be the best. Obviously, silly remarks at the time. And now, last January, uh, with Christian uh, Mental Health Support Solutions and his team, we had our annual health and nutrition workshop where we had more than 450 participants, crew, uh, voluntarily coming into the panel, into the discussion, Q&A. It was an eight hours conference, which was brilliant. We did this together with our friends at the MHSS. And then we see this change from 10 years ago to more or less, you know, but it is what it is to now, how can we actually feed ourselves better? So we see a movement, we see a change happening in the industry for which we are extremely, extremely happy. When we relate- Christian, sorry to, uh, is this change across the industry? Uh, are you different? I mean, uh, don't hold yeah. any punches. Is this revolutionary or is this a, a, a move that you're seeing uh, amongst your, um, your, your peers? It is, it is a move that we see among the companies that we're actually servicing, because this is when we go out in the market, then you can basically filter out a lot of the companies that they don't see it in the same way as Columbia Ship Management may see it or any other clients of ours. Uh, but of course, we see that they understand the need in changing things on board. We, to be honest, yesterday we had an amazing discussion with a new client where they say, you know, what can we do to motivate our crew um, through catering management? And this misinterpretation in the market, in the industry, that catering management is only supplying food is totally wrong. So we're changing the status quo as MCTC. Catering management is not supply on its own. It's motivating, educating. This is why uh, how training and education is coming into force. It's motivating them and making sure that they get the best quality produce uh, on both the vessels. When, uh, when you started, uh, you mentioned, I wrote it down actually, you said invisible crew. You know, and I think that's, that's such a, an important sentence to always keep in mind, especially for the guys who are at the back end, who usually are the cooks on board the vessels. We have been considering the cooks for years and years and years, you know, like the cookie, the cookie, but the importance of the cook on board the vessel, it's not to be described. And I think you may agree with me that all may say after the captain, the cook may be the most important person on board the vessel. So it says, yes, Mark, sorry. No, Fauzi, I was going to say from a seafarer's point of, ex-seafarer's point of view, yeah. uh, the meal, meal time is, is perhaps one or if not the most important time for a crewman, isn't it? And, and not just meal time, but the importance of what he or she is getting. I, I was thinking if I may share, if I can share a secret with Fauzi, but... Of course, I'll do it. <laughs> I will do it anyway, because to be honest, when I was sailing, especially as a captain Christian, uh, I was asking my, the crew manager only about who's the cook, because the other guys, I think I can always manage to train them and, and uh, to control the, the job on board. But uh, for a captain to, to 
train the cook. Well, that's that's you have to have to be a very special captain, and and also to to manage uh, the provisions was always a challenge to be honest because uh, it, it's time consuming and and it's not usually the priority. Uh, so the captain has a lot of other things to do. You know, safety, uh, cargo operations, the, the navigation, and all that stuff. So preparation for inspections. So to add on top of that, another problem to the captain on board is to manage the the provisions to to train the cook which we know many of captains cannot do anyway so <laughs> all the all these kind of things of course uh, there was a gap there and and i think with with mctc that gap was covered uh, to a very good extent uh, so I, I fully agree with that mark thanks Fauzi. costas sorry christian go on finish so when we when we just want to link mental health with nutrition as well, because obviously this is a very important uh, discussion. Um, you know when we are we always link mental health and Christian, correct me if uh, if I'm wrong. We link it to particular behaviors that happen in our lives. You know, like the captain has been very tough on us. You know, or Mark beat me in golf. You know, whatever, and then you get depressed and then you get sad. And then whatever happens, you know, then we link these two behaviors, but we never really take the minute to link mental health with nutrition. And this is where we're coming very closely with the guys at the MHSS together, to be honest, where uh, we, we want to make sure that the crew is well educated and that we develop the correct weekly menus that are so balanced, uh, um, developed in such, a, in such an extent that all the nutrients that we need to take within the day are actually covered. For example, you know, vitamin C that lowers um, cortisol uh, levels, which is a stress hormone, you know, or maybe complex carbohydrates like quinoa or whole wheat stuff that actually increase serotonin production, which is often called the happiness uh, chemical, which also generates when we sweat and we exercise, all of these elements we need to make sure that we include them into our daily uh, food and absolutely remove all this ready junk food uh, from our vessels. That's basically the way forward. Maybe I can add just Mark, and also, you know, we're looking at blood pressure, heart disease, um, yeah. diabetes, all this helps to have a proper diet, you know, and, and uh, you know, you see sometimes chief engineers can't even get down a manhole, you know, let alone, um, yeah. so a good diet, I think is really, really positive. You know? yeah. Thank, thanks, Nigel. Thanks, thanks, Christian. Costas, sorry, you've been out of the um, the, the, the firing line. As um, uh, I think it's true to say, and I touched upon this at the uh, at the start, uh, before COVID nineteen, as an industry, although we had crew management, I question whether we, as a, as an industry sector, had an advanced enough human resource management of our people. When you compare the human resource management um, uh, tools and uh, policies and mechanisms in other industry sectors with those in the maritime industry, we are woefully behind. And I just wonder, uh, my question for you as uh, one of the leading uh, insurance brokers worldwide, if not the leading uh, worldwide insurance broker in the, in the managing, in the marine sector, do you accept or do you believe that there is a correlation between how we treat our crew and how we train our crew, how we feed our crew and uh, risk and the, uh, uh, the proliferation of claims? 
Thank you very much for the, the invitation and being part of this uh, very nice panel. Um, uh, obviously, we we as, as Marsh McLennan companies are, are embracing equality, healthy and safe working conditions, uh, but also care for the mental health of our employees. And then similarly, uh, mental health and well-being on board should be a priority. Um, and, and yes, there is a positive uh, correlation between treating crew appropriately and accidents. But, but equally important, there is also a positive correlation with productivity and, 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 and continuity. Um, and recently, we, we had uh, uh, a brainstorming with a client who has instructed us uh, to look at, from an insurance perspective, what, uh, what could be done. And, and, and precisely for these uh, reasons I mentioned earlier, um, we, we, we focused on uh, how we can uh, provide additional uh, peace of mind to crews in respect of their families and themselves when it comes to retirement and uh, or a fatality during their leave at home. So um, thinking out of the box and trying to, uh, uh, let's say, correlate positively um, uh, the two factors, um, we have uh, made a gap analysis and uh, uh, we devised a framework uh, which made sure that uh, crew p and uh, which is customarily offered through the p and clubs, crew PA, which is an additional benefit, and the life investment product that we have named crew care could gel together seamlessly because every other um, employee onshore would definitely have heard life investment policies and would, would have actually acted upon it and uh, uh, provide himself and his family with some sort of security. But then the, the invisible industry, as you named it earlier on, never had this, this, this opportunity. So we, we put together this, this product and then we focused on automation and, and, and building a user-friendly environment so that uh, crews could uh, navigate through various options and tailor make their investment products uh, in accordance with their needs. This was never available before. And, and you know, whilst we, we had teething problems and, and, and a testing period and we streamlined several, several issues, we could see astonishingly a very big demand uh, from, from the crew uh, wishing to participate to this uh, life investment policy uh, to secure themselves a retirement um, uh, amount of money, which would uh, also secure themselves, but also their families. So- Costas, how do you- uh... Uh, interesting, um, interesting concept. But, but I remember when when I joined the army at 21, the last thing uh, I ever thought about was was dying, or, or 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 secondly, close on its heels was was retirement. You you believe you're immortal and you're going to live forever at the age of 21. How do you uh, encourage a crew person, uh, or indeed, I guess someone ashore to 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 take out this 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 crew care uh yes, what's, what's the the cell 
that's a, a very natural question. Uh, we're not talking about a, a, a life policy. We're talking an investment policy. And this investment policy uh, starts from a minuscule amount of uh, $10, $10 uh, $20 a month up to $500 a month. So it's a savings uh, account and, and not necessarily a death uh, award uh, if the unlikely event uh, comes along. So um, uh, a crew should have the same liberties as a short staff to be able to save money uh, for him and for his family. So ultimately, alongside with services that uh, are rendered by uh, Columbia on the trading side, uh, and uh, one learned from uh, uh, Niger Cliff or MHSS and MCTC, crew care, the, the life investment product, will contribute positively to to crew welfare and, and will increase productivity and, and reduce human errors and, and it will ensure long-term agreement and engagement with, with the crew. So um, I believe that um, uh, the reflection obviously uh, will, will be evidenced on the frequency and severity claim indicators from, from an insurance perspective uh, as well. So uh, we, we, I, I know, we I know, I know the feedback that we've had from some of our seafarers has been extremely positive in relation to the ability to purchase a house or purchase a car at a particular point. So I think that's a really good, uh, uh, that's a really good uh, uh, policy available. That's the, well done, well done to 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 you guys, um, Nigel. You're, you've been um, unusually quiet for night for Nigel Cleave, uh, and, and on the launch um, as special advisor of uh, OneLearn Global. Um, tell me, Nigel, before we look at why OneLearn is different. Tell me. Uh, how important do you think it is uh, that crew training is tailored to individual needs? Certainly as a lawyer, when I worked with some of the other um, uh, crew training providers, what turned me off was the commoditized nature of it. Everyone was deemed to be at the same level of uh, learning. Uh, and here was a product, uh, read it, uh, listen to it, tick the box and you're done. How, how, do you, how important is it now that we use technology and digitalization to tailor to specific needs? And tell me why you, your OneLearn uh, is different. Fine, thanks very much, Mark. You mentioned earlier paradigm shift, and I think OneLearn Perhaps, Nigel, we ask Costas to mute because it's, there is a lot of echo. No focusing on modern day um, learning techniques, um, particularly uh, with millennials and the Gen Z in mind. I mean, they've been brought up uh, in digital world, um, live and breathe technology. Um, they behave and learn differently. And uh, at the end of the day, there are future masters and chief engineers. So we've had to basically design and, 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 and view this in a different way, perhaps than in the past. And for that, you need obviously an extremely powerful and, and um, uh, good LMS, learning management system platform, um, which can be tailored to an individual, also to the company, to the individual. And what we um, look for, our core criteria was um, simplicity and ease of use. So it's, it's no good you need to go on a week's uh, training uh, just to learn how to use the LMS. So 
So this is where we try to make it as simple as possible. Um, and also, um, we know today the CFO is waiting to get on board you know, because of COVID, they can't get on board. We like to call them perhaps they're getting a little rusty. So they want to be able to also train onshore anytime, anywhere on multiple devices and, and um, get on with a tailored course, which, which uh, their, their, um, their owner or ship manager has given them. Um, we've been quite fortunate in that time has been uh, to our advantage in that uh, we've been able to um, develop courses from a clean sheet of paper um, uh, without any legacy or, or baggage to, to worry about. And uh, this has given the team um, considerable freedom to produce some really interesting um, programs, exciting. Uh, and and uh, the real game changer, however, is that we have now produced um, programs of a duration of 15 to 20 minutes maximum, uh, including assessment. I was this going to I was going to ask you, how do you ensure uh, the engagement of uh, the crew to these products? One thing is delivery and delivering to their devices, which which I think is key, because if I look at my son, uh, he's forever lo looking at his tablet or his phone or, or his computer or sometimes all three of those at the same time. Uh, and, and second is the attention span seems to be getting shorter. Uh, so your opportunity to hit and engage with the, the listener or the viewer is, is so how do you do that? So, so the programs have got to be fresh, bright, agile, really motivating. Um, we have various mechanisms such as the leaderboard. So there's a score of what each seafarer has, has uh, perhaps in the month or, or the last three months. That, that sort of engenders quite a little bit of a competition, which is good. There's feedback, there's discussion forums, social learning activities. And uh, of course, you get your certificate, you get a skills badge. And as you go up the line and you get more, more experienced and, and uh, you pass more, more assessments, you know, you, you actually gain more, more skills and badges. And, and we have this interaction between the seafarers and what have you, and it works really well and uh, very exciting. But as you say, retention span 15, 20 minutes maximum. If we have a very complicated uh, subject, then we'll split that into one, two or three parts. But uh, as you say, they're off uh, on another planet once uh, 20 minutes are over, basically. You know? <laughs> Um, well, good luck, uh, good luck, Nigel, with uh, with One Learn Global. It sounds uh, sounds very very interesting. Uh, Fauzi, uh, question for you again, harking back to your uh, seafarer days. Uh, of course, everything we've talked about from crew care for, to MCTC catering to mental health, uh, or what, if I take Columbia Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi on board the vessel, all nice and good, all nice to have. But at the end of the day, whilst that may be nice to have from a human point of view, I want our crew members to have it. How discerning are crew members? How important is it, do you think, that an employer provides some or all of these services in order to retain and or attract or does the uh, does he or her simply go for whoever pays the most are these are these factors now in um, generation whatever not snowflake we're onto something else now are these factors that will really decide someone to come to Columbia, Fleet, Anglo-Eastern, Marlowe, or whoever, or uh, are they just nice to haves and actually, except from a human element, we could be perhaps better spending our money or saving our money? Okay, uh, well, I, I have to put 
different hats here. So my hat of uh, an ex uh, seafarer and captain, and also my hat as a crew man, a crew director as well. Uh, of course, you, the crew today are very smart, and uh, they were always smart. But today they know exactly how to choose their employers, uh, and this is uh, something, of course, seafarers have learned over the time, especially those who changed. Uh, employers and they have seen the difference between employers uh, and we've seen that and we've seen people who are asking questions like do you have internet in your ship is there a gym in your ship uh, so it's not only about money of course the salary is very important but salaries are very much regulated by the market so even the differences between the big players the big employers is not so different and uh, is not so big and it's not very attractive to go to the unknown uh, for you know a few few bucks more so th that's not the idea but today it is important uh, to attract seafarers now the most important in my opinion is to retain your employee your, your employees uh, and the existing ones and, and even the new ones so to keep people happy and to keep them satisfied uh, these kind of services are extremely extremely attractive and addictive at the same time once you try a ship with internet it's very hard for you as, as a seafarer to go to another ship without it. Once you have good food on, on, in one company you, or one ship, you don't want to change that. So these, these things are, are, are very important. And uh, I don't think we are overdoing at all. Uh, I think there is a lot more to do, Mark. And yes, uh, back I guess, to the insurance I guess these, point. I, get these, I guess these extended contracts, most of which have been unavoidable, unavoidable if ever there was a... Uh, a convincing factor for a sea person, whether this is the right employer or not, being stuck on board a vessel for eight months without Wi-Fi, with poor food, without mental health hotline, without worrying about your retirement and what, what happens, is a long time to think and a long time to think about whether you should be staying with that employer or going to someone who, dare I say it, cares more. Uh, so perhaps these these prolonged periods of on, on board really uh, accentuate what is being provided but but also equally importantly what isn't being provided yeah absolutely and the insurance okay. product is also very very interesting mark because uh, again i'm sharing something uh, and until i actually left the the seafaring job i i never thought about having a pension uh, or or insurance uh, pro products like costas was explaining so th this is really fantastic and, uh, and and something i wished i heard about 20 years ago no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Christian, um, Christian Foodie, um, we <laughs> we uh, we hear about what a lot of companies, yours included, are doing uh, on board the vessel, and I think it's fantastic. And and certainly, uh, I can vouch, and, and Fauzi will support me. The morale on board uh, our vessels is is terrific since we've uh, really engaged. Uh, with your good company, but also in taking the whole catering management a lot more seriously than than perhaps was appreciated in the past. But what about when the crew go on ashore? You know, you've got uh, uh, sometimes equally prolonged periods. How are you tackling that? Because you can you can feed we can feed our crew as healthy as we like and get them into good uh, ways of uh, ways of eating when they go ashore perhaps they don't have the means to continue uh, or, or 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 perhaps their families don't yeah no it's it's a very good question uh, mark and uh, i think we need to differentiate the definition of training 
and, uh, and, and mindsets, changing mindsets, right? Because just as Nigel uh, said before, you know, just going through a tick box and thinking this is not a solution to anything. Uh, of course, you do the onshore trainings when they're at home, but what we need to do, what we need to achieve and what we're focusing on is to change the mindsets, not only from the seafarers, but as well from the families. We've got in the Philippines, for example, a program that we call 365 Healthy Days, where we invite the wives and the kids of the seafarers in educating them as well on health and nutrition as well. Because imagine being on board the vessel and you do all of these things that we do, and then you go back home and everything is spiked in the fryer. Yeah, and everything will be fried because nobody is actually educated in the province, maybe in, in the Philippines or in India or anywhere else. So that's why we need to continuously actually educate them and change the mindsets, um, uh, not only on board, but ashore as well. If you, all, if you allow me to add, there are, I believe, three main, uh, I would say, words. Uh, this is education, which without education, none of what we've been discussing today can be achieved. None of it. Uh, the second one is motivation. And I keep on stressing this because, you know, I'm a chef. That's my background, my background in culinary. And we do know, and, and this, I would say, maybe that one of the unique points of MCTC is that the guys that are corresponding with the vessel and the supply chain and everything are actually cooks and food technologists and food nutritionists. So if you, uh, if, if I would be consulting Fauzi as a captain on the engine, on the deck and so on, he would be laughing at me. He said, man, just keep, go back to your kitchen and then let the experts do their job. And the same goes with us. We are there to communicate with the cooks whom we understand fully and motivate them and support them throughout the contracts. And when we say motivate is, I will ask you all a very simple question. When did we last go in a really nice restaurant when we had a lovely dinner experience back to the kitchen and said to the cook, thank you very much or well done. I, even myself, I don't do it. You know, it is a, it's something that we don't do. This is what we want to implement and make and enforce on the vessels is that we continue through our distance coaching and mentoring program that we have, that we continuously there for them to motivate them through cooking competitions, uh, tasks, and so on and so forth, to become better and be recognized by experts ashore and continue that as well with their homes in the provinces within the families. And the last thing that I would like to mention that I, 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 I really, really believe strongly on is that our focus as MCTC is to transform the one-man show that exists, which is the cook on board, into a well-established department. Mm. When we see the industry, I believe this is one of the biggest challenges that the industry has, is that it's still a one-man show doing, deciding whatever he wants to do, but transforming that into well-established department with the processes and the forms and then everything that they need and the weekly menus that they need to follow and decide and accept, obviously. We've got clients where it took us two months until the crew came back and forth with our expert and say, okay, we love this menu, but we need to balance it out to make sure that all of the nutrients that they require to stay healthy and fit, both in body and mind, is there for them. You touch then, on, um, you touch there on uh, a, a more holistic approach, and this is really to, to Christian, you know, you, you, have uh, Christian asked, you have uh, highlighted very well, I think the importance of uh, ensuring the mental health and mental resilience also from a proactive basis of our seafarers and our staff ashore. Uh, 
is this now, uh, are we maturing in our approach to look at this in a more joined up way that, that, that uh, Christian Yuanu was talking about, a more of holistic approach for our staff, our people, uh, that looks at the fitness, uh, that looks at medical uh, provision, medical health, as well as mental health. And if you agree, what is your, what's mental health support solutions doing to recognize that joined up approach? No, look, absolutely. You can never look at any one of the components in a vacuum. Um, the mind and body fit together and you have to, an organisation has to look at what it's doing at all of those different areas to support that. So at MHSS, we recognise that and we work with our partners on the whole holistic package. So we work on the fitness uh, we work with fitness professionals and provide our partners with fitness videos designed specifically to the equipment on board a vessel to, to optimize the crew's workout routine. Um, we work very closely with MTC, MCTC on the food and the nutrition side because we recognize that's an, a vital element of, of a mentally healthy approach. Um, but we also recognize the medical side as well fits as part of this holistic approach. And we are um, shortly launching uh, medical health support solutions uh, where vessels will have telemedicine services on board the vessel, where they'll be able to perform blood analyses, um, vital sign analyses, again, which will feed back to the shore and allow us to give a truly, you know, full service, holistic approach. Um, and a lot of partners come to us and say, look, you know, we would like to, to create this holistic package. What do we do? And that's why we have so many partners and so many psychologists and other service providers able to bring that in because that's how an organization is going to benefit long term it can't just be a short term you know drag and drop for each element you have to look at every different path you really want to optimize you know your crew your staff and um, both on shore and at sea interesting nigel uh steering away from people briefly um uh your new product one learn global um you cutting edge uh, in ideas and delivery and products. Uh, is technology the differentiator? Uh, are we there yet with, with technology? Is, is the technology and digitalization sufficiently advanced to enable you to achieve your ends? My ambition as a uh, uh, one of the managers within our organization was always to have a learning system that allowed us to tailor learning needs of our individual crew members uh, with with the product so you're not just giving this commoditized does technology uh, and, and Fauzi's been very uh, has been excellent in, in ensuring that he's able to deliver on that but does does the technology offered by one learn get us there is is or, or, or is there some way to go in a word, yes. No, no. Um, seriously, the, the um, technology is running at a real pace at the moment. I mean, we in our group, we have 75 software engineers and it took them a year to get this connectivity, which is the magic of the whole thing between the LMS platform to the ship with kilobytes. We're not talking just because it can run offline. Basically, you still need to have the cloud connectivity to record what you've done and what you've seen, etc. Um, but we've also moved forward. You can have the traditional hard box or the virtual machine where you require no hardware at all, which I think depended upon the, the equipment on board, you can actually, um, you know, save an awful lot of time. So virtual 
virtual machine will be the future. Also, having come back from the um, from the ship management business, you know, uh, everyone's very busy, even an owner very busy today. And um, we've got a system whereby we have negative reporting. So if 95% of the crew are doing their job, then really the QA department doesn't really need to, to sort of um, concentrate on that element. Whereas before in these piles of paper used to come in and, and this and that. Um, so that's the 5% that will be prompted. They'll be prompted individually. And thereafter it'll be escalated up to the, um, up to the QA manager. Or, or whoever within the customer or the company. So um, also auditing, um, can, you know, press of a button, you get audit for TMSA and dry BMS, for instance. So this technology is really coming together. Um, simplicity is important, and this is what we really aimed for: simplicity, ease of use, and you know, intuitivity um, to to actually use the system. So yes, they go hand in hand. The human element is very important, as we know, but all these tools, as I like to call them, are really um, really running a pace at the moment. And I think it's really exciting times, you know, uh, for for everyone to to ease that workload of, of routine matters. Thanks, Nigel. Uh, trying to get a last question in for, for, for Costas here. Um, all of this is great stuff. All of it costs money. It costs us, uh, the business operator, money. Is the insurance industry doing enough to recognise the importance of the human factor, uh, uh, the positive uh, importance of human factor in claims avoidance, in casualty avoidance, and, and or could it do more? Uh, you know, as a uh, as a vessel manager, as a vessel operator, if insurers would say, yes, we recognise that a happy, healthy, motivated, connected, well-trained, well-fed, fit crew actually correlate to less claims and therefore less premiums. I think we would have even more buy-in to these great ideas than, than, than we presently do. Is the insurance industry doing enough and could it do more? And this is where Costas will claim that he's gone offline. Costas, you have to answer that question. No, it's a, it's a very nice uh, question. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> I agree that uh, probably most of the accidents uh, at sea has a, have a strong correlation with human factor. And, 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 but there are, that there are no specific data that, that, that prove the, the link uh, outright. And, and, sorry to know, interrupt you, Costa. Sorry to interrupt you, but is can that be right with the data being generated now from vessels, with the the digital uh, ability to process that? Is has there not been analysis? There must be actuarial analysis. Uh, to be uh, absolutely honest with you, uh, some of the PNI clubs have started doing it and are investing a lot of money, but the data at this moment in time. Uh, is un uh, not adequate to, to prove any, any results. Uh, you cannot accurately predict the quantitative effect uh, uh, of, of a happy crew. And, and, and it's very difficult to calculate. So they all um, uh, um, have a problem in, in, in collating the data. And, and primarily there are two reasons for that. One is GDPR and the uh, nervousness or unwillingness of the operators to provide this sort of sensitive information to, to insurers. And, and from the other side, the insurers are not incentivizing enough the operators to provide the true, honest, and analytical uh, explanation of, of, of a happening so that they can analyze it and, 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 and be useful. 
but also on the other hand, you know, some employers might be very vocal about crew welfare, but don't actually implement any meaningful uh, initiatives. And some, some others uh, are incredibly focused on their crew's uh, health and well-being, but they don't, don't even mention it on the, on, on the website. So any analysis will struggle because there is simply not sufficient data to make, to make a real case. And my plea to the P&I clubs that are the, on the most sophisticated front of this is exactly what you have recommended, a thorough uh, data analysis, data analytics thrown into it so that they can uh, uh, be able to evaluate uh, the measures that are being taken by the operators that do care and the operators that are, uh, but they're not so caring about about their crews. So um, unfortunately, there is no immediate answer, but uh, I would say given a period of time, uh, this will be reflected on, on every operator's individual uh, claims records and the full effects uh, will no doubt bring some positive impact on, on the cost of insurance. Thank you very much, Costas. And uh, I'm seeing the virtual checkered flag being waved furiously by uh, Capital Link organizers. We've comfortably sailed through our our allotment. And uh, my my very great thanks to to Costas, to Christian Erst, to Christian Yuanu, uh, to Nigel Cleave. Congratulations on the launch of uh, of your new product there, uh, Nigel. And of course. Um, to our very own uh, Captain Fradi for, for all of your contributions. Someone once said to me um, that if you look after your people well, your business will take care of itself. And I think uh, all of us who do, and that is the very great majority of uh, in those involved in the shipping industry, will know that to be true. So let's, let's make uh, uh, the remainder of this year and next year a real focus on our people. Thank you very, very much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.